this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. reading from a letter written to the Hebrews. For it was fitting that he, for whom by whom all things exist, in bringing sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. This is the word of the Lord. Unlike this past NFL season, that was not Eli Manning's fault. That was my fault. I had the scripture right here. Thank you, Jack. So we're continuing this series that's entitled Hebrews, and we're talking about how Jesus is the better fill-in-the-blank. Tonight, we'll talk about how Jesus is the better pioneer from that scripture that Jack just read. And I want to take you back to December of 2016, as we get started. Some of you may have seen this in the media, especially as of late. Maybe you were someone who noticed it in 2017. But back in December of 2016, a couple of hundred social media influencers simultaneously posted an orange square. Who knows what I'm talking about? Fire. At the same time, they promoted a forthcoming event, the event to end all events. It would be called Fire Festival. It was touted as the greatest experience that you would ever have on a private island once owned by Pablo Escobar in the Bahamas with surrounded by beautiful people The liquor would be flowing, and the music would be from everyone that you would ever dream about seeing on concert all at the same place. And of course, the price tag was staggering, right? Some villas sold for $250,000, not to purchase the villa, just to stay in the villa for three nights during the fire festival. This is all coming This is 2016, December. This is all coming April of 2017. Well, if you've seen one of the two documentaries that are up now, one on Hulu and one on Netflix, you know that if that sounds a little bit rushed to you, knowing they had done zero preparation up to that point, you're right. Fire Festival is one of the biggest disasters in the modern era. Not just in the music industry, not just in marketing, in general. The, the man in front of it all, Billy McFarland. People called him a pioneer. They called him a visionary. People followed him with their checkbooks to the tune of millions of dollars investing into this well-seasoned, 25-year-old 
as Mark Cuban would say on Shark Tank, wantrepreneur. The truth is, right now as Billy sits in jail, that he was a wantrepreneur. He was a fraud. And he was not a visionary. He was a scam artist. And not just the people who invested lost money and looked foolish, but the thousands of people who, yes, actually showed up to the Bahamas to go to this festival, who had to stay in FEMA hurricane tents on wet mattresses because the island is so small it took a couple of days to get everyone back after they realized it wasn't going to happen. They looked foolish as well. So as Lindsay and I watched the first one, then we found out there was a second one, and like a lot of you, couldn't get enough. Isn't it interesting how we love to watch people fall? So after we watched the second one, she says to me, because one of the the main threads through both documentaries is how millennials are so entitled and privileged, and it was everyone's dream to sit back in the mainland and watch them get to that island and just, just be miserable and be saying that this was like the Lord of the Flies and every man for himself. And people loved watching it because of this privileged generation who followed this, some called in, in one of the documentaries, psychopath to the Bahamas. Lindsay said, how do we make sure our kids are not like that? And as I was preparing for this sermon, I couldn't help but think of that question and the answer that I've come to for her and me and also for you. The answer isn't as complicated as you might think. Sure, it comes down to some good parenting techniques and stuff like that, but the point is we need to know who we are following. These hundreds of social media influencers combined to have millions of followers. And all of those followers generated this huge uh, thing called Fire Festival. It was invented in, in the air. It didn't exist. But because the influencers posted it and people followed, and there was a ramp up and then eventually a big crash, we have what we know of this debacle. How do we prevent ourselves from following someone down a terrible path that leads to destruction and foolishness and embarrassment? We have to look at who we're following. Um, Tonight, I want you to think with me about who you are following. You see, Jesus is a pioneer who we will see in a moment, was equipped for the job, was obedient for the job, and completed the job. Uh, Billy struggled with that last one, especially, completing the job of delivering this fire festival. But I want us to be confident in who we're following. So let's look at a few of these points. Um, Only by being introduced to Jesus, right? Do do you realize, uh, talking about entitlement and privilege, uh, oftentimes they're rightfully so, uh, looked upon as negative. But did you know, as I thought about this sermon, I think this is true, Jesus is the most, was, is, was the most entitled, privileged person to ever walk the face of the earth. So why do you follow someone who's so entitled and so privileged? I hope you'll think about that tonight. 
If we look on entitlement as privilege uh, and privilege as mostly negative in our culture, then why follow the most entitled, privileged person to ever walk on earth? The answer that, I, that I've come to, that I hope you'll come to, is because Jesus, unlike anyone else before him, with even an ounce of that entitlement and privilege, showed us the true way to use our entitlement and our privilege, ultimately by laying down his life for the people that he loved. Number one tonight, though, before we get to a little bit more of that in the end, you were handed a worship folder when you walked in. You can take that out now or grab your phone and uh, take some notes. This is something you can look back to to remember why Jesus is the, the better pioneer. And the first point that I want us to see tonight is that Jesus is perfectly equipped for the job. I'm going to read you something that won't be on the screen behind you because I want you to envision this person and ask yourself, is this someone that I would follow? Is this a pioneer that I can get behind? This is written about Jesus to the church in Colossae by Paul. He says this, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent most entitled, privileged person ever. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Those last four words, blood of the cross. This image of the invisible God, the one through whom and for whom everything was created. Talk about entitlement. God set Jesus up. He said, you are my privileged son. I made everything that exists that people can see and the things they cannot for and through you. But those last four words speak volumes of how Jesus chose to deal with his entitlement and his privilege. Blood of the cross. Jesus showed you and I that when we have privilege and entitlement, we are to not look at ourselves, but to look at others, to face outward and say, how can I bring these people, the enemies and the ones who love you, with me? How can I welcome them into this privilege? How can I welcome them into this entitlement? That's what Jesus did. He was perfectly equipped for the job of pioneer because he wasn't blazing the trail for himself. He blazed 
the trail so that you and I and every person who walks the faith of the earth by faith in him could walk and follow him. Follow him where? Well, it says it. Jack just read it a moment ago, uh, right in verse 10. In bringing many sons to glory. Where does Jesus' trail blaze? To glory. He said, I am the best pioneer because I choose not to go to glory on my own. But I choose to bring with me all the people who will trust in me, even those who one time spat in my face, mocked me, pridefully stood in arrogance and said, I can do it myself. Even you, sinner. Even you, Larry. Welcome. Follow me into glory. Jesus is perfectly equipped for the job of pioneer because he knows how to handle his privilege. He knows what to do with his entitlement. And you and I can see that and follow in his footsteps. The second way that Jesus is the better pioneer is that Jesus was perfectly obedient in the job. You see, it's one thing to be equipped for the job, but it's another thing to be obedient in the job. If you are only equipped but not obedient, you are less than halfway there. Tonight, in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady, no doubt about it, he's equipped to win the game. But if he does not go out there and follow the game plan that he and the coaches and the team have put together, if he disobeys and tries to throw when it was a run play or run when it was a passing play, he will not be a good leader of that team. Why? He was equipped. You see, the equipping is only part of the game. You can't only be equipped for something. You must also be obedient. Jesus was perfectly obedient in the job. Uh, Sometimes we might not feel the need or the opportunity to be obedient to anything particularly important when it comes to our faith. Have you ever felt like that? Like, I don't even know what God would call me to that would be great. I would obey him if he would ever call me to something, but he's never really given me an opportunity. I mean, I live in America, so it's not that crazy for me to be a Christian. I have always just gone to church, or maybe you started to go into church now, and you're thinking, what is it that God would call me to be obedient in? Instead of asking that question, ask yourself another question. I wonder in what ways we would be called to be obedient if we were willing to leave it all on the line, to lay it all on the line for Jesus. How would he call you to be obedient if you said these words to him? God, I am yours. Take me and use me how you want me. Use me in any way that you want. Use my time. Use my relationships. Use my money and my possessions. Use my job for your glory. Maybe God's not calling you to do anything great because you haven't offered yourself up to him. Instead of shying away and saying, man, I I really wish I had something to be obedient in, step out 
follow Jesus and say, God, how can you use me? What great things do you want to call me to? And then when he gives you that opportunity, step into it, not away from it, knowing that Jesus was perfectly obedient in the job and you can be as well because he has sent you the Holy Spirit to empower you, to inspire you to obedience. He has sent, um, as Hebrews 12 says, a whole cloud of witnesses, a group of people. We'll get to that in a few weeks in Hebrews or a couple months. A whole crowd of people who have gone before you, who you can look to and say, these are people just like me who have gone before me and done great things in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I will lay down my fears and walk in faith and do the same thing. Jesus was perfectly obedient in the job and it was not an easy job. Did you hear in Hebrews 2.10 what he was made perfect through? The founder of their salvation was made perfect through suffering. If Christ had not gone through suffering, he could not have been the pioneer that you and I need to get to glory. He had to suffer. Uh, Hebrews 4.15 says it like this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Think about that phrase. He is not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Entitled and privileged, yes, but able to sympathize with your weaknesses. But we have one who in every way, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us then, with confidence, right, with boldness, draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Just as Jesus could not have gone into glory without going through suffering, We are the same. We cannot be enduring believers without going through the trials and the temptations that will face us. Uh, James, uh, the brother of Jesus, says it like this in his gospel. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. When we meet, come face to face with trials and temptations of various different kinds, we are to count it joy. Why? Because we know the hope that is set before us. We can look through the tunnel and we can see that God is bringing us into glory and we can see that Jesus went through suffering to get to his glory to be made perfect and we can say I have joy because I know that this suffering not only will only last for a moment the psalmist teaches us that so well this suffering will only last for a moment but I also know that this this suffering that I'm going through is purposeful Since it is Super Bowl Sunday, it is like all those hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of practice that those players have been going through the past nine months. That is suffering sometimes. I know they're posh now. They're in the NFL. But all of them had a time when practice was not in an air-conditioned, you know, white dome thing in, in southern Florida where it's 100 degrees but you're in the AC. They went through suffering Because they looked at the end of the tunnel and they saw the lights of the Super Bowl and they said, if I go through this suffering, one day I will make it. They had hope. We go through suffering on earth looking through the example of Jesus into glory with confidence that as we go through the suffering, the suffering is purposeful. Third, Jesus is the better pioneer because he perfectly completed the job. Amen, right? What if he had gotten to the cross and that first nail went in and that suffering just went straight up through the roof? 
The nurse came up and said, okay, Jesus, um, look right here. Here's a sad face and here's a happy face. On a scale of zero to ten, where's your pain level right now? (laughs) Four. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus would have said, okay, I'm there. I'm suffering. This is to the end. What if he hadn't completed it? So you don't have to play the what if game because he did. He traveled through the suffering. He completed the job. And that suffering, Hebrews 2.10 tells us, that suffering is what completed his perfection as your Messiah. The Messiah wasn't complete. He hadn't fulfilled his mission, which was his identity. He had not become fully who he was supposed to be until he finished that. And when he completed that suffering, he was made perfect. He was elevated to the right hand of God. And you and I now can look to a Messiah, to a pioneer, a savior who completed the task at hand. Romans 8, 18 says, for I consider, this is Paul speaking, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What Paul's saying is, no matter what I go through here on earth, I know that the glory of heaven, the glory of abundant life, eternal life with Christ, is far greater. It is in that light that you can look at James 1.1 and say, so I will count it all joy then when I go through this suffering. I know that it can be completed in me. Jesus completed the job also by doing what the middle of 2.10 says, which is that he brought many people with him. I want to ask you tonight, in your mission here on earth as a believer of Christ, who are you bringing with you? In order to complete the mission that God has given you, you will go through suffering. We learned that, right? But you can have joy and you can look at the light at the end of the tunnel. You can look at glory. But also, you should look behind you and see people that are coming because of you. Because of your faith in Christ, they have seen a new work and they have said, I am following that person. Wherever they go, I'm with them. Who are you bringing with you? Can you say that your job is complete here on earth if you bring no one along with you? In the next steps, at the bottom, you see that's one of the questions. I want you to try to write down a couple of names of people who God is calling you right now. They're the people's names who are on the tip of your tongue. God is calling you to bring them with you, to step out in faith and complete that mission. Why is, a, why is the better pioneer necessary? Those are the three points, but look at these three encouragements that happen after the better pioneer comes. The better pioneer takes us from fear into peace. From a state of fear into courage and boldness and rest. Where are you fearing in life right now that you need to have boldness and courage? Where do you need to have peace? Jesus can lead you there. That's his job. Jesus takes us from lies. Uh, the better pioneer will take you from lies to truth. You see, in the midst of this suffering, we're able to rejoice because we are confident that we are in the way of truth and our Father will not leave us there. He will not leave us or forsake us. You are walking the path of truth even if it is in the midst of suffering. 
You're fed lies all the time. And to follow Christ is a calling to follow him into a place that you have never been. That's what pioneering is all about. It's going somewhere you've never been. Jesus blazed a trail and when your eyes were open to him and he gave you abundant life through your faith in him, you just saw things you never saw before. You see, without Christ, it's like walking around in a dark room and when he opens your eyes and he turns on the lights, you can see better which path to follow. So you can see the lies for what they really were. You can see the Billy McFarlands, right? You can be like a couple of people in this story who saw that as a fraud. One of them even started a Twitter account called Fire Festival Fraud. And he started posting, this guy is not legit. Look at these Google Earth images. This is not a private island. (laughs) This is an unfinished subdivision in a far corner of the Bahamas. So when you follow the better pioneer, you're able to see things that you didn't see before from lies into truth. And also, Jesus takes you from death to life. Takes you from an enemy of God, like we talked about at the beginning, a mocker, to a friend. You become a friend of God. You see, you and I cannot go to the place that God is calling us. We can't enter into abundant life. We can't even find the right door. Our default is to claim the glory for ourselves. If you are going to embark on this new territory, if you're going to blaze this new trail, you are in need of a perfect pioneer. There must be one that goes before you, showing the way, blazing the trail for you to follow. It's not a trail that you and I can blaze on our own because we don't know the way. We can't see in front of us. We're in the dark, feeling around, For some way. And Christ is our light. We are looking for Jesus. And he is happy to show you and I the way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for the ways that you have blazed trails in our lives. I pray that tonight you would call each of us to step out in faith, to follow you, to see that you are perfectly equipped for this job, that you have been obedient in your job and you completed it. And in your completion, you have given us the chance to walk that path alongside you. You have brought us on as heirs, as friends. You have called us sons and daughters. So Lord, I pray that as we walk, you would bring us into new things You would show us things that we have not seen before and you would challenge us to step out in obedience in ways that we never could have imagined being bold before we countered you. In Jesus' name, amen.